Welcome to... You're listening to The Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Was popping everybody welcome back to the wrestling takeover podcast i'm your host jordan turner we got episode 122 of wrestling's hottest topics we got number 33 there's a lot to get into today you guys we got some wwe we got some nwa we got some impact wrestling and we have of course all elite wrestling now i hope you guys are enjoying your friday and if you guys did not go listen to the podcast yesterday when I talked about SummerSlam, giving you guys my card for SummerSlam and how WWE is making SummerSlam this year into the summer version of WrestleMania, please go check that out by subscribing and following to the Wrestling Takeover podcast on all available podcast platforms. Make sure you also go comment down below. And do all that. I would greatly appreciate it. Social media. You guys know what it is. Follow the podcast on Instagram. At The Wrestling Takeover. Follow me on Twitter. At JT Takeover. And I would greatly appreciate. Every single one of you. If you guys can do that. Shout out to everybody that is following me. And the podcast on Instagram. You guys are killing it. And I really appreciate all the love. That I'm receiving on there. Now. Let's get into WWE's portion of the podcast. There's a lot of them. I have a total of six topics pertaining to the WWE. Now we're going to kick it off immediately starting off with the upcoming news of WWE having a draft. Now the WWE did not announce a specific date for the WWE draft. But they are having the draft come after SummerSlam. So this news comes from Sports Kita. The date of the 2021 WWE draft has been revealed. As per Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast, the draft will be taking place over the August 30th episode of Monday Night Raw and the September 3rd episode of Friday Night SmackDown. It will culminate and a little over a week after WWE SummerSlam 2021, which is scheduled to take place on August 21st, 2021, at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, obviously in front of a live crowd. Music artist Cardi B is rumored to host the event while Roman Reigns will possibly defend his Universal Championship against John Cena at the biggest party of the summer. Again, shout out to uh, Andrew Zarian. He's very reliable in the IWC. He gets a lot of his things right. So I just wanted to quickly shout out Andrew Zarian, man. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. You're doing a great job. I was one of the leaders in terms of journalism in the IWC. So Andrew Zarian also clarified that it will be a traditional draft and not a superstar shakeup, although it hasn't been made official by WWE yet. Now, WWE hasn't announced it, But in the coming weeks, they will obviously be announcing that the news of the draft is coming back. I've had this opinion on the draft 
the WWE has really made the draft a joke to me. They don't really take it seriously. There's a lot of changes that need to be implemented in this upcoming WWE draft. First and foremost, the WWE draft needs to be taken seriously. Okay? You got to book it just like the NFL draft, the MLB draft, all these other sports where they have their draft, their things are taken seriously. The WWE needs to pretty much follow suit. Okay? You have Raw and you have SmackDown. You have someone representing Raw and you have someone representing SmackDown. In this case, you have Sonya Deville representing one brand and you have somebody representing SmackDown, vice versa. And they got to have the superstars come out, get a t-shirt of Raw or SmackDown. And you need to make it like a sports-like presentation feel. I've been saying that for many years. I know a lot of people in the IWC have had that same view and opinion on that. That you have to make this draft feel like a sports entity. Because that's what you have to bring to the table. Because right now, the draft is a joke. To me, the draft is kind of like a cash grab in terms of ratings. To pop a rating, you need the draft. You know what I mean? And that perception has been there for many years. That perception to me needs to change fairly quickly. I hope the WWE has a plan in place. You know, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, to my show, I've stated multiple times that the WWE, you know, after WrestleMania, that restart button is the WWE draft. I do not like that the draft is happening after SummerSlam. Is that WWE's quote-unquote reset button? I'm not sure. But to me, my reset button would be after WrestleMania. You do the draft. You shake up Raw. You shake up SmackDown. Have them look completely different from each other. In terms of the format. In terms of the way the show looks. The, the superstars. The promos. Everything. Have Raw be its own entity. Have SmackDown be its own entity. You got to have a plan in place to make the WWE draft seem like an, a real deal. And for fans to really be emotionally invested into it. Because when I first heard this news that the WWE draft is returning, I said to myself, okay, great. This is another ratings grab. Does WWE have plans in place for the draft or are they just doing it just to do it just to quote unquote shake things up again as Vince McMahon touted all those years ago that's my concern with this draft you gotta have a plan in place you can't just do shit just to fucking do it period plans need to be in place here that's where I'm coming from so I am hoping WWE has a plan on where they want to put their people now, I want to talk about this a little bit more in depth. I'm going to talk about something in terms of the draft. I'm going to bring up my creativity. Easily, I'm one of the best in the entire IWC. Nobody is on my level in terms of coming up with ideas and having great creativity. So this is what the WWE needs to do. Okay? 
You have the draft. You take it seriously. You have Raw be its own entity. You have SmackDown be its own entity. You have theme shows throughout the year. A few on Raw, a few on SmackDown. You build it up as big shows. Okay? That's what you need to do. You have a bond, free television. For example, I'm going to take Arm again. I'd have that be on Monday Night Raw. I'm just using an example. You have Arm again. You build it up as like you would build a pay-per-view on free television on the USA Network. Period. Same thing for SmackDown. If you want to do Halloween Havoc for Friday Night SmackDown, you build it up as a pay-per-view-esque show. It will draw ratings. Period. I know I'm right on that. Theme shows throughout the year separating these pay-per-views where you have the Royal Rumble, you have WrestleMania, you have King and Queen of the Ring. This is just if I was booking things. You have those three pay-per-views. You also have a SummerSlam. And then the last pay-per-view of the year for the WWE is in November, Survivor Series. Not only do you have Survivor Series, but you make Survivor Series feel important. Put some, you know, implications on the line, like the winning team gets to choose some numbers to enter in the Royal Rumble. You got to do something to make not only the, us fans feel emotionally invested into what we're watching, but you got to give these wrestlers something to fight over. That's what Survivor Series should be used as. Over the past couple years, Survivor Series has just been Raw versus SmackDown. Nothing is on the line. That needs to change starting this year. I remember fondly of a rumor that Vince McMahon was considering getting rid of the concept of Survivor Series because there's nothing that any of these wrestlers are fighting over. That's got to change. If you guys win, you guys get a couple of early picks in terms of picking a number in the men's and women's Royal Rumble. Period. I love that. That's what I would do. All right? Especially something with the draft. You have one world championship floating between Raw and SmackDown. Same with the women's championship. You get rid of the women's tag team championship. You introduce a mid-card championship for the women's division. The U.S. Championship, the Intercontinental Championship. They can have the opportunity to main event a Raw, to main event of SmackDown. The World Champion doesn't need to be appearing. This goes for the women as well. The World Champions for the men's world title and the women's world title, they don't need to be appearing on the show on a consistent basis. How to have a circling around of superstars. Don't use the same people all the time. Create new stars. Have trust in your wrestlers. Stop scripting them. I'm not saying you don't have to not script everybody because there are wrestlers out there that would rather be scripted. But, you know, give them bullet points to go out there and then just leave the rest of it to them and have them go out there and create magic themselves. Have that faith in your wrestler because in turn, they're going to have that same faith with you. Vince McMahon needs to trust their, he needs to trust in his creative writers that come up with great ideas. Trust them. They're creative writers. 
Some of them probably have great ideas. Have Vince McMahon agreed to go with those ideas? If they don't work, they don't, they don't work. And he does his own thing. But if they do work, you know what I mean? Build up on that momentum. That's what WWE needs to completely alter. And I mean change from step one. Period. This isn't an opinion. This is fact. Things need to change immediately. The ratings are continuing to go downhill. As a fan, seeing that, that shit fucking sucks. I want the WWE to be top tier in this industry. Right now, they're not. They're clowns right now. They're being made fun of every single week with the bullshit that they see out. Period. Things need to change. The draft has to be taken seriously. That's my piece on that topic. Next up, we're going to be talking about CM Punk and how he believes Roman Reigns' current character is five years too late. Now, this was very interesting to me involving CM Punk and his thoughts on Roman Reigns. This is interesting because CM Punk has kind of been on a tear where, you know, he would be disrespecting the WWE, talking down to the WWE, making fun of the WWE. He would have some spurts where he would compliment the promotion. And when he does compliment the promotion, I've seen many fans in the IWC say, is he really complimenting them to want to get a job in WWE or does he really think that WWE is doing a good job in one particular category? So this is from Ringside News. Shout out to Ringside News. CM Punk believes Roman Reigns' character is five years too late. Roman Reigns is the current WWE Universal Champion and is one of the top superstars in the company right now. He has proven himself to be an excellent champion with great character work and ring skills. Roman Reigns' revision as a heel has truly shown that how good he can be both as an in-ring performer and character. Roman Reigns was outright rejected by the WWE Universe when he was pushed as a top babyface for several years. I don't blame Roman Reigns for that. That's Vince McMahon's fault. You do not shove people down our throats. Period. So that is not Roman Reigns' fault. That's Vince McMahon's fault and the rest of Vince McMahon's fucking goons so while speaking on the wrestling perspective podcast CM Punk's talked about Roman Reigns character in WWE where he praised his character and in-ring work CM Punk added that WWE should have let Reigns be a heel a long time ago and that they are five years late on the matter before I continue I do agree with CM Punk Phil Brooks when his opinion is that Roman Reigns' heel character, the Mafia Kingpin, that's what his character is. He is a Mafia Kingpin. Period. A boss Kingpin character. I do agree with CM Punk. It is a little bit too late. But we got it. I love it. I'm emotionally invested into every little thing that Roman Reigns does. From an in-ring psychology perspective... To a promo perspective. To his mannerisms. I'm invested into everything he's doing. He is the best thing in WWE. He is caring 
Friday Night SmackDown on his back. That is not an opinion. That's fact. Look at the way he is presented from a character's perspective. And then look at everybody else. Everybody else should be on Roman Reigns' level. But they're not. Because Vince McMahon is... He has favorites. Roman Reigns is one of those cats. So I just wanted to get that out there. So I'm going to continue with the article and it reads as follows. I quote from CM Punk. I think a lot of times the best stuff, you've also kind of just got to go out with the flow with it. I'll use Roman Reigns as an example because if we're talking about good stuff, if the WWE does anything good, I mean, this is one of the things that they're doing right right now, right? Is Roman Reigns. See what I'm talking about? He's not wrong. He is not wrong, man. He continues. His character work. His in-ring stuff. It's all great. But I feel like classic WWE. They're always five years, ten years late. That is true. I can completely agree with CM Punk right there. This is something that they should have done originally. But they tried so hard to get this guy over as a babyface. And they gave him the X amount of WrestleMania main events. Like, I quote, this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. And he never really had his moment until now. CM Punk is completely on the money. Shout out to Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for giving his thoughts and opinions on this topic. He's speaking facts, guys. If WWE did this with Roman Reigns all those years ago, and then they turned him babyface now... With kind of like an attitude edge to him. I'm telling you right now. Roman Reigns would be so over. It's not even funny. WWE should be ashamed of themselves. You pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Rinse and repeat with The Undertaker. Triple H. John Cena. This one and that one. Brock Lesnar. It didn't work. Nobody took Roman Reigns seriously. As an underdog baby face. I don't give a Fuck what the WWE did every single time it blew up in their face and they faced the reality. The pandemic hit and then that's when you turn the guy heel from a marketing perspective, from a business perspective. That was smart from Vince McMahon. You have the pandemic. There's no fans in the crowd. There's no fans coming out to Monday Night Raw. Or SmackDown. Let's turn him heel. Perfect. Now the fans are coming back. Roman Reigns is the most over entity. Not only in the WWE. But in professional wrestling. This guy's so over. He's the hottest thing right now. So I completely agree. With CM Punk and his standpoint on that. Now. Let's talk about NXT. Let's talk about NXT TakeOver, guys. NXT TakeOver in your house 2021 is taking place this Sunday. Here is the official card. And I'm going to run down the card and then I'm going to give you guys my predictions. And then go also a little bit in depth into these matches. So the main event is as follows. This is for the NXT Championship, a fatal five-way. Karrion Cross, the NXT champion, versus Adam Cole, versus Pete Dunne, versus Johnny Gargano, versus Kyle O'Reilly. 
for the NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. Winner takes all match for the NXT Tag Team and North American Championship. Bronson Reed and MSK versus Legado del Fantasma. This is for the Million Dollar Championship in a ladder match. Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. And then a singles match between Mercedes Martinez and Zaya Lee. Okay, you guys. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the NXT Championship. Listen. Karrion Cross. There's a lot of things that can happen here. Like I said, if you guys listen to my SummerSlam you know, card, and I came up with SummerSlam, the best possible matches for SummerSlam. I kept going back and forth with Adam Cole and Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre. Karrion Cross can undoubtedly lose this match without getting pinned and head up to the main roster. If he heads up to the main roster, there is no question in my mind that he's going to face Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam. For the WWE Championship. Absolutely 110%. One of Adam Cole wins. The NXT Championship. Karrion Cross goes up to the main roster. And we get him versus Drew McIntyre. At SummerSlam. I'm fine with it. Karrion Cross is either retaining the championship. Or Adam Cole is winning this title. I want to make that perfectly clear for everybody listening. Karrion Cross is most likely going to retain. If he doesn't retain, Adam Cole is going to win. In my sake, I'm going with Karrion Cross. Here's why. If Karrion Cross wins, he has no other credible opponents in the NXT Championship picture. There's one name. I've said this for weeks and months now. There's one person that I want to face Karrion Cross, And there's one person that should beat Karrion Cross to become the new NXT champion. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Walter. Absolutely. If Karrion Cross retains, his next opponent undoubtedly needs to be Walter. At NXT TakeOver SummerSlam weekend. Plain and simple. If Karrion Cross loses. Obviously he's not going to get pinned. But if he loses. He's going to face Drew McIntyre. That's my prediction. If Karrion Cross drops this championship. He and Scarlett are going up to the main roster. They are going to Monday Night Raw. And Karrion Cross is going to face Drew McIntyre. For the WWE Championship. That is the best possible match you could book at SummerSlam. I know for a fact, once Vince McMahon sees the duo of Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux, it's a motherfucking rap, y'all. It's a rap. It's over. These two are going to be pushed to the moon. Literally, no pun intended, Cameron Grimes. Literally, to the moon. For sure. So... I'm going with Karrion Cross. I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Cole wins. The problem with Karrion Cross as NXT champion is 
He's bigger than Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Gargano, and O'Reilly. As much as I love all these guys, carrying across, it, it, it's not believable if he faces any of these people one-on-one. It's just not. So I'm going with Cross to ultimately retain the title. And then I get Karrion Cross versus Walter SummerSlam weekend at TakeOver. Karrion Cross loses. Adam Cole wins the title. Karrion Cross goes up to the main roster with Scarlett. Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. That's my prediction. Next up for the NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. I am on alert right now. If you guys, with what I'm about to say, pisses you off, I'm sorry. But y'all know how I do. Y'all know I'm honest, okay? I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I don't know what they see in Raquel Gonzalez. Out of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, I'm pushing Dakota Kai. WWE NXT have done Dakota Kai absolutely dirty. That woman should have held the title before Raquel Gonzalez. Facts. Okay? Raquel Gonzalez, she has star potential. The problem is they're pushing her really, really fast in a short amount of time. That's the problem that I have here. Her facing Ember Moon makes absolutely no sense. You know why? Because they have no opponent for Raquel Gonzalez. That's why Ember Moon is in this match. Ember Moon is just a placement. Who is ultimately going to take that title off of Raquel Gonzalez? I've pitched an idea involving Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. I want, at the end of the day, I want Dakota Kai to eventually take that title off of Raquel Gonzalez. Dakota Kai needs to be taken a little bit more seriously. She has not really done anything. This is a Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash duo here. That's the vibe I'm getting here. I find Dakota Kai more interesting than Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez is getting pushed because she's very tall. I'm sorry, that's just the truth. Outside of her height, I don't see what she has. She's strong, okay? So she's strong and she's tall. She's pretty, okay. But what else is it? I don't see it. Raquel Gonzalez, her title reign right now has been trash. That is not her fault. I am not putting blame on Raquel Gonzalez at all. I blame NXT. Doesn't NXT have the best women's division on the planet? I think so. Where's the challengers for Raquel Gonzalez then? Ember Moon is a tag team with Shotzi Blackheart. Get rid of those fucking women's titles. Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart. Those should be opponents 
for Raquel Gonzalez lined up in the machine, rolling out opponent after opponent after opponent after opponent for Raquel Gonzalez. But we're getting Ember Moon. She's in a tag team with Shotzi Blackheart. Makes no sense to me. The winner of this match, Raquel Gonzalez. Winner takes all match for the NXT Tag Team Championship and North American Championship. Bronson Reed and MSK the champions versus Legado del Fantasma. Fuck, man. This, this match is very hard to predict. On one hand, Bronson Reed just got the goddamn North American Championship. You cannot take that title off that guy immediately. He just beat Johnny Gargano. Logado del Fantasma. Listen, I love them. I'm a big fan of Santos Escobar. I see big things in his future. But they're not winning this match. I think Bronson Reed and MSK are easily going to retain this title. And that's what's going to happen. That's my prediction. Now, next up, we got the Million Dollar Championship. Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. I've actually been enjoying this feud. I thought this feud has been very interesting to me. The Million Dollar Championship looks absolutely gorgeous. It looks so beautiful. But I'm going to be honest with you. This championship kind of looks like a prop. I know that's the worst thing to say for a championship. This championship is created. This championship was brought in because of this feud alone. Who do I see winning? I see LA Knight winning. I see the million dollar man Ted DiBiase turning on Cameron Grimes. And aligning with LA Knight. And that is going to catapult LA Knight into the world title scene. I hope to God that's the case. LA Knight is decent in the ring. Great personality. Great microphone skills. He has it all. Him signing with the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, he's going to go right, literally, to the moon. So that's my prediction. I'm going with LA Knight. Singles match, Mercedes Martinez and Zia Lee. I'm happy for Zia Lee. I really, really am happy for her. You know, she deserves this opportunity, and she's really great in the ring. This character for Xylee, I'm very interested in, and I'm invested into what she's doing. But why the fuck are they feuding? That's my problem here. Now, my prediction is Xylee. I think Xylee is going to win this match. Because if she doesn't win this match, then what was the point of Zia Lee coming in, attacking her, and ultimately, you know, trying to, you know, pretty much attack her for no reason? What was the point of that? Playing mind games with Mercedes Martinez. That's my opinion on that. I'm going with Zia Lee. So that is my predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house. Card-wise, it is 
it's not that great, but it's pretty uh, decent, I will say. The hype is kind of there, but not really at the same time. So those are my predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house. Let me guys know your predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house this Sunday. Make sure you guys check out the review later on in that night on Sunday. Next topic, some backstage people in WWE are pushing for Aleister Black to return. Yes, guys, there are people backstage in WWE that are wanting Aleister Black to return. Shout out to Wrestle Talk, the UK folks out there. Shout out to uh, my UK folks that are listening to the podcast, The Wrestling Takeover. The most creative podcast in the entire IWC. Shout out to the UK people out there, man. So, from Wrestle Talk, it was recently been reported that some individuals backstage in WWE are pushing for Aleister Black to return to the company. Aleister Black's WWE release came as a shock to many people, including himself. It has been reported that some people within WWE thought that Black was cut prematurely first of all i think shock is a fucking understatement i I was jaw dropped when i seen alistair black was among the names of people being released i was so pissed but at the same time i was happy for him because he's out of the jail cell of wwe His creative freedom is not going to be bankrupt and embarrassed. He's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do. I love it. So, as per PW Insider, there has been a feeling in some corners backstage that out of everyone cut in recent weeks, Black was let go too soon. No shit, WWE. So, there has also been reportedly been some pushback to bring Black back into the company listen some people backstage want Aleister Black to return great that's tremendous you know Aleister Black was on his wife's Twitch account pretty much giving his honest opinions on why he was released what led to his release so on and so forth And I hope Aleister Black does not go back to the WWE. Vince McMahon did this man dirty. Okay? Really dirty and fucked up. This guy had the character. He had the wrestling ability. He had the look. He had the microphone skills. This guy, I don't say this a lot about people, but Aleister Black, Tommy Inn, was a five-tool Player in the WWE. Five-tool player. They didn't do nothing with him. I'm, listen, I'm going to be brutally blunt with everybody listening right now. Aleister Black's main roster run was a fucking failure. A failure. What did he do on the main roster That was prevalent and important. I'll wait. 
Did you guys find anything? Okay, time up. There's nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Feuded with Cesaro. Had a good feud. Cesaro knocked on his door and got kicked in the mouth for it. He didn't win any fucking titles. Come on, man. Alistair Black's main roster run fucking sucked. That is not his fault. And then he's talking about how he came up with ideas and pitches for his character development. This guy is really creative. He really is creative, man. He really has a great imaginary mind for the business, for his character. Now, is he up there with Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy in terms of, you know, creativity? Maybe in some circles he is. But Aleister Black deserves better. Tommy Inn deserves better. And him being released from the WWE honestly is a good thing. It honestly is a good thing. That he was released. And that is pretty much because WWE didn't see anything in him. So why would Aleister Black want to go back there? That makes no sense. That's my thoughts on Aleister Black. There's also reports coming out right now, today. That Aleister Black apparently agreed, quote unquote, to sign with All Elite Wrestling AEW once his 30-day non-complete cause is up. Rumors are suggesting he's going to AEW. After 30 days, we will see if that's true or not. Only time will tell. If he goes to AEW, big pickup for Tony Khan. You know, Aleister Black can be a major player in All Elite Wrestling. He really, really could. So, now, <laughs> this topic is crazy, okay? The last two topics of talk about Triple H. Triple H says fans can ruin the experience of NXT. Now, shout out Ringside News from this news article here. Triple H says fans can ruin their experience of WWE NXT. Triple H. All right, here we go. This should be interesting. So, WWE NXT is prepared to offer TakeOver in your house this Sunday, but the black and gold brand doesn't come without detractors. Some fans are critical about the brand storylines, but that might be something they are reaching for. No, we're not. That's my opinion. If you ask Triple H, those fans should probably sit back and enjoy the show. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. Triple H spoke on a conference call to promote the upcoming NXT TakeOver event. He fielded a question about the fans where he turned the conversation on their critics getting in the way of really enjoying and really getting all they could out of the experience. Triple H said, I quote, as NXT has grown, one of the things that changed, people say, what is NXT? Is it strictly developmental and you are looking for everyone to move on? 
or is it its, its own brand? It'll be an interesting place. The criticism a year or two in, that was a heavy knock on NXT. It was always said, how can I get into this brand? Whenever I get excited about a talent, they move on. It kills me for the brand, and I don't like it. It was a heavy criticism. That was the first three or four years. Then it switched, and the brand changed again. There are some talent that are in a position for a long time, and they might not fit different places or might go different places. Some talent don't want to leave and expand beyond. Maybe the schedule doesn't work for them physically, whatever it is. It's funny to me that everyone is so worried about where everyone is going to go or land or how it'll play out long term. How about watch it? Do you like it or not? Do you have to say, I like it, but the other thing is move on. Watch it or don't. Stop trying to figure out where things go. Fans ruin their own stuff half of the time trying to figure out where everything goes and how and then search for the thing that finds out what is with that and what can ruin it for them. So they are not surprised when it happens. Damn, he really continued. He pretty much went on a rant here. So he ends with this. I don't understand that. I'm thrilled with what the brand is and where it is. Do I want it to get better? Yes. Do I want it to grow and expand? Yes. People will take this line and use it out of context. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm not here to make a brand that is around a few years or a few minutes. I want it to get long term. How is it long term? It warrants and it involves. It shouldn't be the same. If it is the same three or four years from now, then we made a mistake. It's just like people. You grow. What the fuck? Triple H. Oh my goodness, man. Triple H. Listen. He's not wrong in some instances. Like when he said, you know, it mourns and evolves. NXT does evolve. You know, it went from a joke with people. I watched this live. It was on sci-fi NXT at the time. I'm watching it and I see fucking wrestlers doing juggling, juggling the balls up in the air, doing a, a fucking marathon thing around the course, an obstacle course, excuse me, doing an obstacle course around the ring. That's, that's not NXT. That is not NXT whatsoever. So in terms of expanding, I completely agree with Triple H. I'd want to expand too. You know what I mean? Of course, anybody would want to expand and be different. I love the word different. You know, I could kind of adapt. Not pretty quickly, but I could adapt. Triple H. I feel like, you know, he's kind of shitting on the fans for being quote-unquote over-analytical. Triple H. Please listen. The product fucking sucks. I, as a fan, I'm going to speak for me. I do not want my intelligence to be insulted. I'm going to take a prime example. Karrion Cross, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano. Outside of Karrion Cross, who the fuck is going to believe 
that any of those other men are going to beat Karrion Cross. You have to be fucking kidding me. I don't believe Adam Cole. I love Adam Cole to death. Adam Cole is not going to beat Karrion Cross. Johnny Gargano is not going to beat Karrion Cross. Kyle O'Reilly, <laughs> please. Kyle O'Reilly is not even in the main event. He shouldn't even be in the main event. He's not a main event caliber superstar, in my humble opinion. He needs to be in the tag team division with Bobby Fish. Listen, Karrion Cross is not losing that title. I just don't see it. It's not believable to me that Karrion Cross is going to drop that title. Unless, like I said, a couple of things happen. That is just my opinion. Triple H has his views and opinions on this. You know, us fans are very passionate about what we watch. But I want everybody to... You guys gotta have you guys have to stop having your intelligence be insulted, okay? That's my problem here when I watch pro wrestling. I don't want my intelligence to be insulted. This is Triple H's opinion. You know, he's saying fans can ruin their own experience of WWE NXT. Storylines are not that good in NXT, Triple H. Why do you have women's tag team championships, Triple H? There's no, there's not a lot of women to be merged as a tag team, Triple H. I'd rather you bring in a mid-card championship for the women, Triple H. Not a tag team championship, Triple H. This doesn't make any sense to me. He's shitting on the fans. Why? Because we're over-analytical? Because we try to pick every single part, you know, every single aspect apart. Is it because we're honest about what we watch? We don't bullshit around. We're honest. If we don't like something, we're going to go to social media. We're going to go to Twitter. We're going to tweet about it. Period. And that's our opinion. You have your opinion. So it is what it is. It's just. A difference of opinion here, man. That's all it is. Speaking of Triple H again. Triple H says another WWE all-female pay-per-view is not a must. Hey, guys. um, <laughs> People are going to be pissed off with what I'm about to say. See, on the other hand, I didn't agree with Triple H. Mr. Papa H over here, I didn't agree with him the first time. The second time, I completely agree. I'm going to explain. So Triple H, in terms of an all WWE female pay-per-view, pretty much he's talking about this because of what I'm going to be talking about later on in the show about Mickey James. So Triple H said, I quote, haven't we already done that? Uh, yes, you have, Triple H. Evolution. Equality is equality. True. Equality is not, I quote, I want my own show. Equality is not I quote, we have our own program. If I told you I was making an all men's program and didn't want any of the women on it, it would be criticized. Fuck yeah. Absolutely it would be criticized. You have those people in the IWC complaining and bitching. Oh, there's a women's all show. But what about the men? 
Don't get it twisted. It's not a fucking two-way street for these women. I'm going to be blunt. Evolution fucking sucked. Evolution sucked. There is no reason at all you need another women's pay-per-view. Fuck a pay-per-view for the women. Fuck it, okay? You don't need a pay-per-view. This is the problem with some fans in the IWC. You fucking look at the littlest fucking shit. How about, are you guys upset that the women in Monday Night Raw are being booked like fucking trash? Nah, but you're not mad about that. You guys are mad about there's no all-women show. Fuck your all-women show. I'm pet. I'm fuck This, fuck, listen. Everybody has their own opinion. I'm going to calm down. I'm pissed right now. This whole topic is pissing me off. Straight up. I'm not fucking playing. Listen. Check this out. I'm going to calm down. Check this out. I'm going to keep it 100 with you, okay? WWE does not need an all-women's pay-per-view. So, all these women... Sasha Banks, I love her to death. I think Sasha Banks is my second favorite women's wrestler of all time. She wants an all-women's pay-per-view. I know many women want an all-women's pay-per-view. I know the fans want an all-women's pay-per-view. You guys got to think about this for a second. What are the women doing on Monday Night Raw? I'm serious. I love talking about this because I'm so passionate about this. I want the product to get better. I want the women's division to get better. I'm going to have these same thoughts and opinions when I talk about the Mickey James thing. Women, listen, I'm going to wait to say what I'm about to say. I was going to say something, but I'm going to wait until I talk about the Mickey James thing. I'll finish off by this saying. An all-women's pay-per-view in WWE is not needed. Fuck the all-women's pay-per-view. You guys got to cut that shit out. Your main problem and concern should be... Why are the women being booked the way they're being booked? Why aren't the women having long-term storylines? Why are the women having storylines but it's being... You know... Not fully invested in. Put your blame on management. I'm going to tell you this right now. I know for a f- I don't work there, but I know for a fact. There are people in upper management in WWE who don't give a fuck about women's wrestling. I know that to be true. Okay? Just look what you're watching. I have that opinion because with what I'm watching, that's the vibe I'm getting. Okay? Look at the Raw Women's Division. Do you think anybody in management is giving a fuck about the Raw Women's Division and the Raw Women's Champion? The storyline with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair fucking sucks. Same with SmackDown. Bayley and Bianca Belair are feuding over Bailey's fucking laugh. If I'm Bailey, 
I want that championship. That's my main priority here. Bianca Belair shouldn't be saying, yeah, um, I challenge. Man, she's the fucking champion. It should be Bailey's duty to pretty much challenge Bianca, not the other way around. With Bianca challenging Bailey, is Bailey the champion? She's not the champion. She's the challenger. Why is Bianca Belair putting out challenges to people? That doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to end it with this, man. An all-women show. Fuck no. Absolutely not. WWE needs to care about these women. It's funny because you cared about these women. You put them in the forefront when Ronda Rousey was there. When Ronda Rousey was gone, you put the women right back to where you had them in the first place in the back of the line. I'm telling you, there's no way that some management people in WWE care about women's wrestling. That's not the vibe I'm getting. They have favorites, man. If you're not in one of those favorites, fuck you. That's the truth. That topic really guided my gears. It really did. But I needed to say that shit. I needed to say everything that I just uttered. Now, I'm going to take a short break. We'll be back and we're going to talk about some topics with AEW, NWA, and Impact Wrestling right here on the Wrestling Takeover. What's good, Ringside News? I am back. All right. Let's talk about AEW All Elite Wrestling. I hope you guys really enjoyed my portion of WWE. I'm just very passionate about the WWE. I want the WWE to succeed. I'm always pitch ideas to the WWE. Either they're listening or not. Hopefully they are. And I just want the WWE product to be very uh, fun and interesting and creative. Uh, my main problem is creative. It's not from a business standpoint. It's all creative. That should be where our passion is really lying from. And if I really disturb people from my yelling about the other topic that I just got done talking about, I apologize, but I'm just very passionate about it. So we got AEW All Elite Wrestling to get to. Let's talk about Jim Cornette, someone that is not very popular in the IWC. So from Ringside News, Jim Cornette thinks Andrade will be pigeonholed in AEW. You heard me right. So former WWE superstar Andrade El Idolo had a solid run in NXT where he even won the NXT championship. But his main roster run in comparison left much to be desired. I completely agree. He was finally granted his WWE release after WWE Fastlane back on March 21st. Since his release, fans have been wondering which pro wrestling promotion Andrade Alido will call home next? That question was finally answered on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite as Andrade Alido made his debut on the show. With the majority of fans of pro wrestlers were certainly very happy to see Andrade in AEW. It seems a pro wrestling legend isn't too high on Andrade's appearance in the company. 
Jim Cornette is a legend for sure. While speaking on his drive through podcast, Jim Cornette talked about Andrade's debut and questioned the use of Vicky Guerrero as his manager all of a sudden. He added that Andrade is likely to be pigeonholed in AEW for the first six months as well. Before I continue to what he said, I fucking hope to God Andrade is not pigeonholed. Don't give me Miro with Andrade. Please don't do that. You need to put him right in the main event scene or you need to have him go after the TNT Championship. You cannot have this guy be pigeonholed. I hope that is not what Tony Khan is thinking. This guy is a main event player. Book him as a main event player. Period. So Jim Cornette said he's here to be the face of Latinos and the face of AEW. He's got a thick accent that you can barely understand, so he needs a manager. But Vicky Guerrero, what are her manager qualifications? Every three months, she comes down to the ring with Nala Rose, and Nala Rose gets beat. And she couldn't sign Jade Cargill, and we don't see her for months at a time unless she's on the floor with the paid fans fucking single to Judas. But suddenly now, I guess because she's speaking Spanish, so somehow they go together like peanut butter and jelly. Another false start for this guy. We pigeonhole him in one direction, and then six months later, they try to push him seriously. If you would have said in advance, Andrade would be on the show Friday night. Who cares? Listen, I hope Jim Cornette's wrong. I hope AEW has a plan for Andrade. But you never know with these people. You really never know what AEW is going to do. You never know how they're going to push Andrade. We all had, you know, excitement for Miro. And then they ruined him for the past couple months until they're finally realizing how good and talented Miro really is. I'm hoping Tony Khan does not do that with Andrade El Idado, but we will see what happens. I'm definitely going to keep my eye on that, for sure. No question about it. Now, next topic, man, from NWA. This was all over social media the last couple days ago. Mickey James debuts on NWA and announces an all-women's pay-per-view as she will be producing. This is a big deal rather you like to believe it or not this is a big deal first of all mickey james looks like she is in nwa that's a big move and a big pickup for nwa i don't know if they have a women's division fully but billy corgan who is the owner of nwa he clearly is putting faith in Mickey James as she will be producing an all-women's pay-per-view. That's insane. So, for the people from WWE's end complaining about evolution, you guys are going to get your wish. Not in WWE, but in NWA. I'm going to see if you guys are really passionate about women's wrestling. 
Are you guys going to go support NWA? Are you guys going to support Mickey James in her new venture? Are you going to support this all-women's pay-per-view? That's the question that I'm really going to be looking at from a community standpoint. There are people, you know, bitching about it, not agreeing with this announcement at all. But there's people, on the other hand, liking this announcement and are supporting it fully. If you're a wrestling fan and you love pro wrestling, you should support this. You should support this. Mickey James went on that NWA show and talked about how women's wrestling draws. You know, I wouldn't say women's wrestling draws really. I would say it depends on the women. It depends on the women and the circumstances. That's just my opinion. Do I think women's wrestling draws overall? I can't really answer that because I don't know. I really don't know. But from a past experience, from evolution, it kind of wasn't. Because news came out after evolution that it lost money for the WWE. That's not good. I'm just speaking facts. You guys can go search that up yourself. Evolution lost WWE money. So NWA is taking a big gamble on women's pro wrestling and Mickey James. I hope from a fan standpoint that this is successful. Only time will tell. We will see what happens. But congratulations to Mickey James on this new venture. During her interviews where she would be interviewing and talking about her release and everything else. It looked like she really wanted to do this for the WWE. But WWE upper management in their eyes were being blunt with her. And saying that women's wrestling does not sell a dime. Women's wrestling is not a draw. That's very controversial. You have people in one camp saying that they do draw. You have other people in the camp saying they don't draw at all. Women's wrestling is not a draw. Where do I stand on this? If I had a guess and give you guys an answer, and I'm going to give you an answer. Kind of leaning towards women don't draw. You know, Becky Lynch is the only woman that really looks like a big deal. You know, you got Sasha. But all these women are in WWE. So Triple H, I seen even Triple H talk about how all the talented women in pro wrestling are in the WWE. Um, I think that's utter bullshit, but I understand where he's coming from. And realistically, I kind of agree, but then I don't agree at the same time. I agree from the standpoint of they got a lot of women, a lot of talented women in the WWE camp. But at the same time, there's other women outside the WWE that are very talented. Even more talented than some of the wrestlers that you have now. So it's, a, it's, it's very difficult. It's very controversial. You know what I mean? A topic like this can go either way. Now, that's my thoughts on NWA. I'm going to support it. I might check it out. I'm not sure. When I hear more news on it, I will definitely let you guys know. Let's talk about Impact Wrestling. 
Yes, Impact Wrestling. They're making some waves, man. Impact Wrestling is doing pretty good for themselves. They really, really are. Now, last night, I did check out Impact Wrestling. And listen, I think Impact Wrestling is a good promotion. Low budget. They have great talent. They have one of the best women's divisions in all of pro wrestling. I love the partnership with AEW. And for the people out there that are saying that this is not benefiting Impact, that's wrong of an opinion. That's your opinion. I think that's wrong. I think this is definitely working in favor of Impact Wrestling. Yes, AEW is kind of getting nothing out of this. But, you know, Kenny Omega is a big fan of Don Callis. They got that partnership. Don Callis right now is with Impact Wrestling. Like how I said right now, I do think when his contract expires, he's going to go to AEW. But, you know, Impact Wrestling is really good right now. They got great talent. They cut on some great matches. And I'm invested in what Impact Wrestling is doing, man. So shout out to Impact. I'm not going to check out um, their upcoming pay-per-view. Not a pay-per-view, but kind of like a little event against all odds this weekend. But I definitely will be reviewing. I will be watching. I will be tweeting live for Slammiversary like I did last year. So stay tuned to that. But breaking news from yesterday, last night. Moose versus Kenny Omega will be for the Impact World Championship this Saturday at Against All Odds. And it will take place in Daly's Place, the home of AEW, with Sammy Callahan challenging the winner on July 17th at Slammiversary. That's huge. That's a big deal. And I was already going to watch Slammiversary, but with that announcement with Sammy Callahan, one of the best in the world for sure, shout out to Sammy Callahan, He's going to go after the Impact World title. Now, obviously, this screams Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. Easy. But I love Moose. I'm a big fan of Moose. Moose's contract is expiring real soon. Can this be sort of like a tactic with AEW kind of merging Moose into possibly... Signing with the promotion because this is a big stage for Moose. This is a big deal for Moose. He's a great talent. He's just in a difficult situation where, you know, impact isn't a big deal in the pro wrestling world from a, you know, TV deal standpoint, from a arena standpoint. But AEW helping out impact. This is great. Impact in some sort of way is kind of helping out AEW as well. They're both working together. This is great for the wrestling business. We need more partnerships in pro wrestling. But with Moose, this is a big deal for the guy. He's very talented. And this could be a kind of... I really would consider this a tactic. With, you know, Tony Khan, AEW, Kenny Omega, Don Callis to possibly lure Moose into signing with the promotion when his contract eventually expires. He said that he resigned with Impact Wrestling. I'm not sure if that's the case. We don't know. All we can go on is what we're hearing in the news. And what we're hearing in the news is saying that he resigned. I'm not sure. He declined it. We don't know what's going on. Until news breaks officially with either he resigned or he didn't, 
We don't know. But this has been a long podcast. We went over an hour. I talked about some great topics. I had fun talking about every single topic. I put out my passion and my love and my creativity with these topics. I really hope you guys enjoyed. And I, I, I love coming on here and talking pro wrestling. I am so happy that I started this podcast venture. I'm seeing the results of it. It's slowly growing is the wrestling takeover. And Instagram is really a big part of that. So again, shout out to everybody on Instagram that is following the podcast. And it means a lot. The growth slowly but surely getting there. I'm very passionate about pro wrestling, man. We're going to get right into talking about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, some Impact Wrestling. Once fans get back in the arenas, I'm going to be a little bit more consistent with those weekly reviews. And those will definitely be returning once fans get in to the arena, which is in July. So hopefully by August, things can definitely get back to normal in the pro wrestling world. There's a lot of news, man, going on in pro wrestling. So it's really cool that I get to talk about it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this show today. I appreciate the continued love and support. That's a wrap for the podcast. It's the Creative King. I'm signing off. Walk past